Welcome, everyone. I am delighted to be here with you. I, uh, I'll be posting a video soon about the uh, about being on CNBC, talking about NVIDIA. Uh, NVIDIA has certainly helped a lot of people accelerate their options for purchasing. And of course, this is a live stream. So if you have any questions, bring it up, leave in the comments below. I will be sure to answer everything. If you're spending the, the time to be with me, uh, I'm going to be sure to answer everything for you and give you some options. But we got a lot to cover today. Let's talk about a few things. Number one, does it? Do you really need five hundred thousand dollars to? Uh, do you need to earn five hundred thousand dollars to be able to afford a medium-priced home in San Mateo? From the stats, I guess that's actually partially true. Number two, where is home ownership highest in California and across the country? Number three, where are California's rents renters finding bargain bargains? Are there any places? Number four. After landlords flood, uh, Concord pushes back after landlords flood their meeting. We're going to talk a little bit about this whole renter and homeowner kind of situation. There's a lot to cover there, and it's going to be really interesting to see to hear about. Next, San Jose continues to be building more housing, primarily around where Google, the Google Tech Camp, the Tech Campus is. And then we'll wrap some things up with some developments at Balco Shopping and also some developments of a new mini golf venture. You may have all played at some mini golf a long time ago at Golfland, but there's a lot of new entrants there. And then they're all going to spin, take a spin at it with, uh, in, with providing alcohol and uh, and then charge you a lot of money for these uh, little rounds of mini golf. But either way, respect. I like the innovation of the business model. Now let's talk about this first. San Mateo becomes only county in California where you need to earn more than $500,000 annually to afford a medium price home. So this is absolutely true, right? For those that are, I think there's there's a lot of things that you wanna actually get from this. Number one, the medium home price in San Mateo County is at 1.938. Now to be fair, this is the medium price, I think for single family homes. So there's a lot of things that you can take from this. Number one, it's certainly one of the most expensive places to be in the entire Bay Area, but also, quite frankly, the entire country. But at the same time, there is a few things to consider. Number one, how incredible it is for so many people to earn so much money in the Bay Area to be able to afford to buy here. There is a there's many ways to think about that, right? Like, how are people able to do it? This is the median price. There are a lot more homes, way more expensive. Like I had my Hillsborough listing, we had like 80, 90 people and that was over $4 million. Like the reality is every group has quite frankly, almost equally the same amount of uh, entrance to try to get into it. It's a question is, do they want to do it or how picky they want to be? So that's the interesting part. Number two, this is single family. So for those that are looking in like San Mateo County, and if you don't have that income or that ability, don't be uh, complaining about it adapt to it like there's so many good places all around if you really want to be in that specific area switch to condos or townhomes that will open up a lot more options if you don't want to switch for that you want a single family think about places in san francisco there are places in san francisco that are single family that are under 1.2 million dollars take a look at the south bay santa clara county lots of options there go across the bridge the bridge will be almost half the price Right, take a look at this. The median price is 1.2 versus San Mateo County 1.938. Nearly half the price by crossing a bridge. You can factor in the bridge toll to do that math for you, to to make it work. Right. So the idea is there are options. Now, 
San Mateo County is one of the most expensive counties, primarily for a couple of reasons, especially the last decade. Number one, prime location, right? As people have continued to get back into the office, many couples and many families want to hedge their bets. Some will work in the city, some will work in the South Bay. And so, and if they change jobs, they can easily just stay with what they're at. That's the price to pay. Number two, it's also way less new, way less options to even build, right? So even though this map seems pretty big, we all know anything west of 280, there is literally just, there's a golf uh, course at uh, the Burlingame, uh, at Burlingame, but outside that, it's all protected, right? And you have a few very nice cities in the hills, like Woodside and Portola Valley, things like that. But those are tiny relative to some of these other masses and some of these other areas. So just be mindful, adapt to it accordingly. But I think there's two ways to think about it. On one end, it is expensive. On the other end, what's even more incredible is how many people make this kind of money to keep buying today. Like these are with today's interest rates at plus or minus 6%. They are still doing so. So just be mindful of that. Next, where is home ownership highest in California? Last year, Inland Empire ownership averaged 70%, the high, the 14th highest rate among the 75 metros in California. Take a look at this high level. I think there's a few things I do want to point out about this. A few interesting stats. You can see on one end, California is one of the lowest when it comes to percent home ownership highest in, in the in this in the state. All right? Do you see anything lower yourself? Um, not that many places. So there's a few things to be mindful of. Goes back to what I just shared before. You have plenty of options. You can consider those options. But to be fair, the other thing to be mindful of, when it is this low, who do you think owns those other homes? It's other people. So when you see these numbers this low, it also shows that there are a lot of people if you just look at that math, most people that own homes own more than two homes, right? That's how this math works. They're not they're not like big entities that would own a lot of these properties. Perhaps you see that for that will be the case for those big apartment buildings, but not for a majority of these. We've all complained of how difficult it is for California to build homes and how little homes are being built. So you can't say it's all like outside money or outside entities. That's actually far from the truth. Most is just individuals that have accrued and, and owned multiple homes over time. And why is this? Because California has one of the best propositions out there of Prop 13 that caps your property tax basis. It's quite frankly, it's very incentivized for individuals and homeowners to keep on to their home and just buy another one if they have the ability to do so. Now, of course, not everyone has that ability. So we're not saying that's the majority of people. You still got to use the equity of your home to be able to buy the next one. But that's one of the keys about California that is present, right? It's because it's capped at 2% max a year. If home prices go up as they have been 7 8% a year on average, that gap continues to expand. So your basis is so low relative to the value of your home, number one. Number two, think about this too. When it comes to capital gains exclusions, if you're single, you can you can have exclusion up to $250,000. If you're married, that's $500,000. You want to go in an era that has bigger dollar amounts. So it's not just by pure percentages, but bigger dollar amounts to take advantage of that those, those things in place. That's why you see what you see. That's why you see, you see some people 
own multiple homes and they just keep on it indefinitely. Uh, another is they want to take advantage of those gains to use that as a trade up, right? Because if you're getting tax free returns from that capital gains exclusions, that is really hard to beat over a long period versus other assets, especially when you buy a home and you're using leverage, right? So these are these are very important things to factor in. Michelle, thank you for tuning in. Belmont area for a rental one bedroom seems cheaper than a Santa Clara rental. That's a great segue that we're going to have. Where are California's rent bargains? They are not cheap. So if you take a look at this, this ranks it in terms of the basically the cheapest rent places uh, and kind of goes in order. Now, there's a few things to note, like it doesn't include this. This kind of compares the average rent, but it doesn't compare the size of things. So let's take a look for yourself, right? How, how does Belmont in general compare to Santa Clara? And I'll have some comments about that momentarily, but let's see if Belmont is even located on this because it is a little bit of a smaller city. Yeah, in general, interesting. Not even Santa Clara is on this. Oh, here it is. See, Santa Clara is rough plus or minus 3,000. I don't, I don't think you saw Belmont at all. Because Belmont, to be fair, doesn't have that many units. But either way, um, it doesn't have that many units to begin with. So it's not even going to show up on this on the stats. But Santa Clara has been very popular. And the reason is this. Think about the jobs. Think about who's hiring and where are people being located. A lot of companies, if you look at the stock market, have done very, very well. Look at the NASDAQ. Companies like Apple have, have basically passed all-time record highs. NVIDIA has done well. Meta has done well. Uh, these big companies are doing very well. And where are they based, right? Those are based in the South Bay. So places that are closest to it are going to be showing up high on this list, right? So let's just take a look at some of these random ones. You have Sunnyvale. You have Redwood City, which surrounds it. You have Santa Clara. All of these are close by, and so they have done well. Now, the difference about this, though, to be fair, as I mentioned, is you look at a place like Dublin. Dublin is actually pretty high on this list, but um, it doesn't necessarily... That's because also they, they, they give you more for your space there. So the, so this is a okay measurement tool about the pure cost side of it, but it doesn't give you any idea of the sense of how new it is, right? That's completely lacking and the size of it. But it's not too uh, surprising that it is a little bit less, but I'd be surprised if it was drastically less. Because take a look at this. San Mateo is right next, right next to Belmont. Now, San Mateo has a lot more things to do at night than Belmont does. But you can see it's still pretty high on this list and given it is, it's central. But so these are your options, right? And as you can see, you can do the math, right? It ranges in the Bay plus or minus three grand uh, when it comes to rent. And so for many, like the suggestion is always this. If you're by yourself or you're a couple, try to save as much money as you can. And how do you do that? You may not have to get your own rental space. House hack it, right? Either buy a home, have others subsidize it or you can uh, rent out a room and then pay way less like in a house or you can find one that has an in-law unit many are doing in-law units and in-law units are generally less than what you have when it comes to the market rent because you're not gonna have to pay for all those amenities and all the different stats so there's a lot of other ways for individuals to try to save as much as possible to get into the home ownership side as as quickly as you can boy thanks for tuning in appreciate the feedback but let's talk about next, about uh, Concord, right? And this is something that's going to be happening, in my opinion, uh, 
more and more. And the question is, who are the real like stakeholders within a community? And landlords, you all better step it up too, because if things go drastically one way, you're going to see a very big impact. So, for example, Concord renters will have to wait a little bit longer to hear the city council's decision on a proposed rent control ordinance, right? Every while we have California statewide rent control, this ordinance was a limit a, a limit of rent increase to either sixty percent of the change in the consumer price index, or three percent of current rates, whichever is lower. Three percent increase—that's it. That's not that much. So, for a medium price apartment in Concord, two four four nine, a renter will face a rent increase of no more than seventy-three bucks. And then there'll be different ordinances, like how you can evict them. And many of these is because they're following renters are trying to follow the trends of what has happened with many of the different places in Alameda County. So places like Oakland, places like Berkeley, they have these rent control measures. And it, I don't know if the data showed like it really impacted much of the housing price per se, but, uh, but because Contra Costa County is cheaper than Alameda County, you do see kind of the fight keep going on there. And to be fair, for many of you that may be thinking about investing, like I have many clients that are investors, Contra Costa County will give you some of the best stats in terms of cash flow versus in terms of uh, like the price of the home. So like the, the cost of ownership versus the price is the, the smallest in Contra Costa County. So give you some examples. Some of my investors are like, look, Spencer, I want something that's, it's impossible to get break-even for a single-family home. That's fine. But I want something as neutral as it can be. Places like Brentwood are as neutral as it can be, as in a place costs like six fifty, dollars it rents for $3,000. Maybe you only pay like neg negative 1000 bucks a month. That is incredibly good. And quite frankly, some of the numbers that you would get out in the Sacramento area. So you don't have to go to Sacramento to get numbers like that today. And so people are buying investment properties there. They have a lot of new construction, Brentwood, Tracy, right? So investors may elect to go there, but as more people become potentially renters in those communities, you're going to have these battles. So be mindful of that. If you are a landlord there, keep track of subscribing to this YouTube channel, keep track of the market because that may impact your own thesis, whether you want to own a, a rental property in these markets, especially if anything uh, changes. Next, huge San Jose development could sprout near Google tech sites. 800 plus homes may be, may be built on empty San Jose land. So this area is interesting, and this is the reason why I want to bring this up. If any, Has anyone here went to Topgolf, right? Has anyone been here to Topgolf before? If you've been at Topgolf, you may have seen that drive there. There is actually a lot of empty space. And that area, I have to look it up a little bit more. It's this region called Alviso. And most of you probably have never heard or cared to be outside. You may have driven down it, down 237. You may have kind of seen, oh, Alviso is this exit. Uh, but outside of, of some companies, there are some residential houses there, but it's very, 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 very limited. But there's actually a decent amount of land there. So the question is, what do they plan to do with all that land? And, uh, and that's, that's, a, that's a different question altogether. But either way, you can see, uh, an investment company in South Korea took ownership of empty land and paid $27 million for this piece, this piece of land. They can build how many? 800 units? 800 apartments. Okay. At one point, a 200-room hotel was envisioned, but 
hotels have done very, very, very poorly right now. Um, and so no one's going to want to build a hotel these days. So that is uh, the feedback. But take a look. It's in this kind of northern part. Not a whole lot going on there, but it'll be cool to see some development there because they actually have plenty of land. Trailhead, thank you so much for tuning in. How many houses did I sell last year? Backstory, I think last year we sold over 50 homes in the Bay Area. And in the prior years, we sold like 80, 70 something homes. Uh, and this year we're on track probably for mm, probably 80 plus homes. Uh, good comment, Tracy is a truck stop. That's an old way of thinking of things. It's, uh, it's probably still is a truck stop, but it certainly has developed a lot. And that's one of the things, like a lot of people used to think these places are just something. Think about like Hollister. Hollister, when I used to drive down to LA, nothing really there. But now I have clients that live there. They want to either retire there or they want a single level brand new construction. Like these places actually have the land to build these things. They also have the land to build retirement communities. So that's also a little bit interesting too. Like not a lot of places have any land to develop just 55 plus only communities. So because that's that's unique and they have the land to do it, they'll have a marketplace for it, right? Because think about this too, a Tracy, a, uh, a Hollister, any of these places that are single level new construction, because let's say you're retiring, you don't want to deal with older homes, but you want a single level. Well, where are you going to get that? Keep this in mind. If you are retiring and you're 55 plus, you can exchange your tax basis of property tax into that other home. So you can just sell it, have all cash or lots of cash, buy that next home in cash, have lots of that money to do whatever you want with, and you transfer the property tax basis. So that's been a very, very powerful tool for a lot of people, right? I helped a client sell their Redwood City home last year, uh, sold it for like 1 million or 1.1 million. They bought like a six, $700,000 Hollister home and kept the rest of proceeds divvy up for their kids. Property tax, just transfer it over. Kept it very, very low then, right? Because they owned that place for decades in Redwood City when that basis was like, I don't know, $200,000 or something like ridiculously low. And that worked out really well for them, even financially, right? They had the liquidity. They had a brand new house. Sure, the location is not as good as Redwood City, but the house itself was way, way better because it was a brand new one versus their house was like in the 40s or something like that. So it'll be cool to see this development come up. Now, San Jose Mini Golf Venue, there, there's something going on with uh, this whole golf thing, right? Uh, you have city leaders view new urban putt site as key for San Jose economy to boost downtown. I just went recently to uh, Tipsy Putt, and Tipsy Putt has a few locations throughout the Bay. It is very crowded. Uh, it is very, very busy. And uh, it's a great also venue because you can get beer on tap. You can get alcohol on tap or alcohol available. It's a great place to mixer. There's lots of board games. Perfect place to hang out, especially it was pouring this last weekend, likely pouring again this weekend. And just get your mini golf in, right? Good for families. They can also do it adult only. I think they have hours that is just adults only. So that's a, a good date night, good place for couples, good place to hang out as groups. And this is going to be another one that will open up in downtown. And then the, the benefit of this case, because uh, the one that I went to in Tipsy Pub was in downtown Sunnyvale. So there's still a good amount of like shop, like restaurants you can always walk by to. They do serve food, so you can always buy that there too. But if it's in downtown, you have even more variety. And so this could be a stop. And this one, to be fair, is like way more grand. I mean, like, take a look at this. They're literally building like a house inside. That is uh, incredible, 
right? Like, like this is way more, this will be probably way more expensive than a tipsy putt. I think tipsy putt was like 15 bucks a round. And I think it was like nine holes or something like that. But this one should be a lot more uh, given the kind of designs that they have. But either way, I like there's, that there's these new venues and new hangout spots, especially when it comes to the South Bay. We need more of those. So investors keep on coming, keep on coming, keep on building. And, and hopefully with this press, you can get more and more people. And last but not least, let's talk about a little bit about Valco. Valco's shopping center been a project that has been there forever. If you are anywhere close to Cupertino, you would have realized and seen the nostalgia that Valco had. Remember driving by that sign off of the highway, what it used to be. And when Santana, uh, when Valley Fair came up, that's when the shift completely went the other direction. The location was way better in Santana Row. It was more central to things, but also way better shops, way better restaurants, way better activity, way better location, right? All of these things have caused Valco to clearly not be in business anymore. But the land is so valuable, right? You are surrounded by Apple. Quite frankly, Apple owns almost majority of office buildings around Cupertino. It's kind of mind boggling. Uh, they clearly have a lot of say in that city, but uh, even as big as Apple is, they still have outgrown that city. So they continue to grow into Sunnyvale. So that's why they've been moving up more north, right? But at the same time, it's kind of cool to see that this is actually taking taking more action. Like there's actually firms starting to see these these plans co out, right? Twenty six sixty nine residential units, an increase of eleven percent. The question is, will this be mostly Will this be mostly apartment rentals? Will there actually be homes to be sold? Like these are the questions and the mixes that are a little bit trickier because they're gonna roll these out like usually in phases and building and they're gonna see how it sells through, right? And so, but either way, really interesting to see they've declined some of the office space uses. Like, I don't know why they keep wanting to build so much office space. Like, unless Apple has a deal that wants to do this, like why would they wanna keep building this? And why don't they just build more housing? Like it doesn't make any sense. A lot of stats actually in Cupertino have been saying that the enrollment for schools have been dropping. So you're not going to have an overflow of students because think about this. Good place like Cupertino. Families tend to live through this entire school uh, times. So if you brought your kid in, your let's say your oldest kid at uh, elementary school, you're going to be in the school system for like 15 years. Right? You're going to go through elementary, you're going to go through middle school, you're going to go through high school. So if that's the case, if that's the case, you're going to go through that whole system, you're going to be there for 15 years. And then once your kid leaves, you're going to be an empty nester. But the question is, if you own it 15 years ago, and typically Bay Area prices, let's say they still go up 6 7% a year, like that's a significant amount of asset that you have. But why would you want to sell it when your property tax basis was also that low from before? And that's a big hurdle that very good areas have, right? Los Altos, Cupertino, Mountain View, uh, South Park of Sunnyvale. These areas have incredibly low turnover rates. Turnover rates is kind of the velocity, how what percent of homes are transacting on a year-to-year -year basis. Those areas are some of the lowest that you'll see everywhere, as low as like one and a half to two percent. That is tiny when you have so many people that want to be there. And so unless you can get new houses there, which is, as you can see, virtually very, very difficult. I mean, this, this project of Valco has been going on for 
like a decade is, and there's still like nothing there, right? So these are very long term projects and they take a while, a long, clearly a long time to do. But at the same time, there's no real issues of having people that, that can go into those units to now fill up the school system. Clearly they're gonna be paying taxes there, especially if you have new houses, there's more property tax there. So the fact that they do not want to do this is, is purely for the people that don't want more neighbors to keep it less congested, which I get, trust me, I get that. But still the whole, is, it, you gotta figure out things that can move everything forward. And it's not like you're asking that much, like 20, 2669 residential units, that may take a decade to do or whatever it may be. That's not very much housing. And especially if they can get, the biggest challenges for these good areas is the teacher talent, right? If you're like, where are the teachers staying? So I like certain areas. I think um, I think it was Los Altos. I think there's there's some cities that are actually doing just teacher housing, like as a subsidized rentals. Like that's a pretty good idea, right? Like if you want your kids to have the the top education that you still have in those areas, why don't you subsidize for like these specific key staff members and build more? Like why why build so little? Like what's the, why don't you just build more of it, right? So like. These are all things that I think even for the community, they would not mind. Like if people have the choice, they want their teachers to be nearby. So they don't, they're not driving one hour to, to teach at your school to deliver a good experience for your kids. Would they be happy with the, with that, that tax dollar being used there? I would say, I would think so. So those are my thoughts. Trail of uh, Centennial will make me want to go yard house. I get it. That's uh, a very, very good destination. Always lots of stuff to do there. Well, if you are thinking about buying or selling, my contact details are below. You can reach out anytime. Love to go over a strategy plan with you to, to get you going before the spring season. And probably by sometime next week, I'm going to be sharing that CNBC video video because NVIDIA, you may have just saw today, continues to just beat earnings, continues to increase. So if you're working at Meta, NVIDIA, Apple, or any, any tech company, but especially those, reach out to me today. Bye now.